World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. This is episode... Oh boy, I should have had the notes up in front of me. This is going to be episode 196 in the run-up to 200. So we're we're getting some of the, the big creepypastas out of the way that we hadn't covered. Um, I mean, we're also going to mix in some, you know, classics, but like the, the regular, we've mined Reddit for the best content. Oh, we've got one next week. That's just a normal no-sleep story. We had one a couple weeks ago that was, you know, an older one. Uh, I don't think famous, but uh, it predated no-sleep and was posted as a Reddit comment. Uh, but we, we covered last week uh, Mother Horse Eyes, finally. Um, perhaps our longest story, uh, the audio version, which contained 82 out of the 100 parts, was six hours long. Um, this week's is also quite a long story, but less than half the length of part of that one. So, uh, we're talking about, finally, the NES Godzilla Creepypasta. And with me to discuss it is returning from the distant past of my long catalog of guests. Please welcome back Derek Sotak. Hello, how you doing? They can't. They can't respond. They can. They oh, can hear you. I'll hear it in my heart. Yeah, they may say out loud, "Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking," but we won't be able to hear it, unfortunately. We'll give them that option at least. Yeah. Uh, so this story was written by someone's uh, a user named Cosby Daff on a forum called Bog Leech, um, and the. Creepypasta Wiki chops it up into nine parts, but I want to find it all in one part, and I'm not sure if that's available anywhere, because Bog- the link to the Bogleach forums doesn't seem to open, the Retrieve From Here link doesn't seem to work, so I guess we'll just have to go chapter by chapter. So Yeah, uh, I just watched the three-hour video instead of reading I, uh, it with my eyes, I, which I don't know if that's the better option. Uh, you get some visuals, at least, which are good. I made but. that same mistake. Um, yeah. One thing I like about the video over reading it is not only does it incorporate all of the many screenshots that the writer put into the story, but it also um, adds in the music that... Uh, the author mentions, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to drop a link for you to the written one right now. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I saw some, I heard some Nine Inch Nails in there. I'm surprised <laughs> they haven't uh, cracked down on them yet. Yeah, the, the like song credits at the end was like 10 different songs for each chapter, and yet somehow yeah. it was totally <laughs> fine, I guess. Like, nobody, nobody seems to care. A bunch of tracks, <laughs> a bunch of tracks from the PlayStation version of Doom, weirdly. Yep, that's nice too. Um, 
Okay, so we're looking at Chapter 1, Earth and Mars. So start us out, tell us what this this is about, and we'll probably skip around, uh, skip a lot of stuff because it uh, sucks and is boring. Um, yeah, but- so the general gist of this is a, uh, a kid gets a haunted Nintendo game of Godzilla and goes into incredible detail about it, which I don't really know. I, when I started taking notes on this, they're definitely more note-heavy at the beginning when I thought, oh, maybe some of this will be important later on, and absolutely none of it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems to be... Uh, I wish I could find when this um, creepypasta was originally posted, because it seems to be uh, in the form of the old style that used to be done um, before YouTube Let's Plays were a big deal. People used to write out their Let's Plays um, mm-hmm. in, like, narrative form. Um, I think perhaps the most famous of these is the, uh, original Nuzlocke run, um, was written out as a series of webcomics, hmm. um, which is where we got the term Nuzlocke because, uh, the author of that drew his Nuzleaf that died in his run as Locke from Lost. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, this is, this is old school for a thing that I don't know or care about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I recall playing this as a kid, and I was a big Godzilla fan as a child, as I'm sure most people were, mm. but uh, this was not a good game, and I don't have a lot of fond memories of it, so I'm not really sure who does uh, enough to make anything about this, let alone a three-hour extravaganza that we'll be getting into. Yeah, that's what was interesting about about this whole thing to me, is... I had never heard of this game, Godzilla Monster of Monsters <laughs> for the NES. Uh, it came out when I was six months old, so it's like, I, I, my first game console was the Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. um, that I, I received for Christmas, I believe, when I was four, um, which made a lot of sense because my father was in the prime, uh, demographic for game consoles at the time, being that he was 26 when, I, uh-huh. when I received the Genesis at age four. So it, it made a lot of sense that that was something that we did together. Um, but the NES was sort of going out of style by it, like the Super Nintendo already launched by the time I was three. So there was probably no way I was going to get an NES. Yeah, my parents did not allow us to have any video game consoles because they thought they would rot our brains. Ooh. So this was mostly a, we had to go over to friends who would have these type of things. Yeah. So I did not get like, I never had to sit down as a kid and play like eight hours straight at one of these things. It was like, well, here's 30 <laughs> minutes playing, now we gotta go outside. Yeah, right. My neighbors had uh, all the all the Nintendos. I remember playing mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World and Duck Hunt uh, and all that over there. Um, cause they had slightly older kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of got into, I think mostly Super Nintendo stuff by the time emulators were big when I was in middle school and high school. Um, the NES never held any particular appeal to me. <laughs> and I have seen precisely one Godzilla movie in my life. Uh, well, well, yeah, so this is two. This hits you not at all on the nostalgia scale. Yeah, exactly. I, I've seen one actual Godzilla movie, and then also the American one, so okay. technically two, but... The newer American one? Oh. Or the, 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 the 1990s? The 90s one? American one. Okay. I really wanted to go see Godzilla King of the Monsters, the new new American one, because it looked like it really kicked ass, but I, I missed it in the theaters. 
Yeah, it is not as fun as you would want. That's unfortunate. I really enjoyed uh, Shin Godzilla, directed by yeah, that's a, the Evangelion that's guy. Um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's that's all of my Godzilla-ness. I do like... Uh, there is one thing that I didn't know about this game before going in, um, which is that Gazora had never appeared in a Godzilla movie. It was just a kaiju, mm-hmm. a kaiju from another movie. Yeah, Yaga Monster from Space, I think, uh, he shows up in. Space Amoeba, oh. uh, Gazora, Ganymes, and Kamibas, Decisive Battle, Giant Monsters of the South Seas, is a direct translation of the title. <laughs> um, it's, boy, it looks like one of those movies that sure wished it had the budget and polish of a Godzilla. Just yeah. saying something. But even, like, the the earlier Godzillas don't have... I mean, the Godzilla came out in the 50s, yeah. the, the first one. Like, that's a solid movie that's, you know, all about Godzilla's a, uh, analogy for uh, nuclear whatever, whatever. And then the rest of them are, like, not great either. Like, they're they're interesting, but they don't really... They don't tell you anything other than, oh, here's some monsters fighting each other for the most part. Yeah. But this is probably when this comes out, it'll be close to coinciding with the Criterion Collection releasing, oh, yeah. like, 15 Godzilla movies at once. Yeah, uh, Criterion uh, number 1000 is all yep. of the Showa-era Godzilla movies from 1954 to 1975, um, including Godzilla, the American re-edit Godzilla King of the Monsters, Godzilla Raids Again, uh... I guess, yes, King Kong vs. Godzilla is in there because I saw the cover art and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Mothra vs. Godzilla. Ghidorah, the, there's so goddamn many of these movies. <laughs> they were doing, like, one a year, at least. Well, when you got a giant suit, you know, what are you going to do, just let it sit around in the closet? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm really looking forward to the new King Kong vs. Godzilla being directed by, uh, what's his face? The guy who made all those other movies I like. Oh, I can't remember his name. He made the Blair Witch remake that I, or sequel, <laughs> reboot, I guess is the way to put it. Um, uh-huh. Adam Wingard is directing yes, the, uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla. Yeah, you're next. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Death Note, maybe not as much on that one. <laughs> I mean, that movie was well made. It was just poorly written. He didn't write it. Um, uh-huh. Godzilla vs. Kong, though. Looking forward to it. I should probably catch uh, King of the Monsters on home video, though. Yeah, I mean, that's also coming out soon, probably corresponding with the release of this episode as well. All right, yeah, we're doing a lot of uh, strong cross-promo, good SEO. Uh, So this guy goes through this game, and it seems normal. He fights Gazora. He describes everything about this game and the Godzilla mythos that you could possibly want. Um, He makes a lot of references to things that you as the reader won't understand unless you've played this game or you have a deep appreciation for Godzilla movies. And the guy reading the audio version on YouTube says all of the unusual things about the game as if they are wildly consequential reveals. Yeah. Just like, and then the monster that showed up couldn't possibly have been in the game because he wasn't in a Godzilla movie until the year after the game came out. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a little spooky, but you're saying it like you're being chased by a killer. Like, <laughs> I, I, I barely finished the level with one life bar left. Like, yeah, but like, if you had lost all your life bars, nothing bad would happen as a video game. 
Yeah. I mean, that stuff's at least somewhat interesting because, you know, it's spooky, but the stuff like, oh, instead of shooting a red bean, he shot a blue bean. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is this is not even spooky. This is just, what do you care at this point? Yeah. I, I liked, actually, I, I'm going to I'm gonna walk it back a little and say I liked the build-up <laughs> from a monster from the year after is in the game to a monster from a Godzilla movie from, like, 12 years later is in the game. Mm-hmm. I enjoy. I thought that was fun, um, but it's it's presented with the same gravitas as the game is haunted by my dead girlfriend, <laughs> um, which is spoiler wild. Alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for this bad creepypasta that I'm sure most, most of the audience either has already read before listening or was not going to read anyway. <laughs> I actually, I've never done a poll, but I probably should to see, like, do people read the stories before they listen or at all? Uh, I don't think I ever read any of these stories. Yeah. Other than listening, I've listened to every episode, but not read. Okay, most of the see, there we go. With it. Uh, I think that there's two sets, like general sets of people in the audience. Um, one set is people who are listening to the show because they want to hear uh, thoughtful, nuanced conversations about stories that they know and love. And mm-hmm. the other, um, because they just like the banter. Um, and I guess you fall into it just like the banter, uh, category more. Well, this is kind of like, there's so much creepypasta out there. I don't have the time to (laughs) sit down and like try and find the entertaining stuff. So this was a good, Hey, this is good. Check this out. Or this is bad. Never check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I I like running it as a recommendation engine as well. So now, Mm. uh, everyone has a set of 200 creepypastas. Well, technically 201. Because Did you have some unnumbered bonus episodes in, too? Uh, the unnumbered bonus episodes don't cover any creepypastas. Uh, okay. We just covered... Actually, we covered two creepypastas in, like, episode 12 or something called Crappypastas with Judd and Phil. <laughs> um, and then we covered the Slenderman movie and the documentary about... Uh, the Slenderman stabbing in in the uh-huh. same episode, but I don't think I'm going to count a, a documentary, a, a true crime documentary, as a creepypasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have two. You'll have at the end of this a catalog of 201 uh, reviews of creepypastas, perhaps the most extensive catalog um, in the history of the internet. Who's to say? Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> I like to say that I'm the most uh, world-renowned expert on creepypastas because I'm the only oh, person, the only person who's tried to to really uh, tear them apart, to dissect them. That's the word. I mean, that's kind of like since I run a nacho website and no one else does, I can say I'm the world most expert on nachos. You, that gets me pretty far not, in life. Not only can you, but you should. I do. Uh, uh, I got a business card that says it and everything. Wow, perfect. Um, so then he goes on to fight uh, Mogera, who is, I don't know what this, uh, I guess, yeah, okay, that is what the monster looks like, but he's twice as big as he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, the fight against Kazora gets all glitchy, and all those red cubes everywhere. Uh, the fight against Mogera also gets glitchy. Um, 
I like that this person put a lot of work into making fake screenshots. Oh, well, there is, I don't know how many screenshots there are total, but it is hours and hours and hours of work. Yeah. Uh, doing this. Like, they made I mean, a- even just taking them one step, but then you have to design all the sprites, too? Like, that's what's really going to yeah. hold you up in this. It's really wild that this person would be like, yeah, I'm going to make a whole Titanosaurus uh, graphic for this NES game. And it's it's like... Half the time, the the graphics fit in really smoothly, and I'm like, yeah, that looks like it's from the actual game. And then the other half of the time, I'm like, NES can't really display that many colors or some of the colors that you've chosen either. And then it takes until way too late in the story for the uh, narrator character to be like, the NES can't even do that. Yeah. For this guy who seems to be an expert in NESs in that he obviously has this hooked up through a computer to take the screenshots yeah. and then it's streamed out to a TV. Yeah, it's like you you have all this stuff, but like you don't you're you don't know that the NES can't do sprite scaling. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um so then he beats uh Titanosaurus and instead of going to Jupiter like the second level usually is, he goes to Pathos. Um Chapter two. <laughs> chapter two. And like in the in the video, they don't even mention chapter one. It just well, here it starts, and then there's chapter two. Yeah. And I felt like a crazy person having missed something, but nope, just wasn't there. Yeah, it's um, Earth and Mars are all in chapter one, so it's all defeated right away. I guess in this game, you go through the whole uh, solar system fighting monsters on different planets. Yeah, you get like a big honeycomb grid overworld and just go move space to face on the levels to get to the boss. And once you beat all the monster bosses, there's like a teleporter to next world last level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we get um, the, the next level has, it looks like Gazora again, Titanosaurus and Megora again, and then another last one, Biolanti. Um, and this was where we get the, uh, oh, it can't be Biolanti, that game didn't, that movie didn't come out until the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's plausibly deniable at this point, because he's like, well, Toho was involved in the development of the game, so maybe they put in, like, a pre-release monster, um, and then, like, edited it out of the game, but I have this glitchy cartridge where it's still in it. Mm-hmm. Um well, are people still, like, data mining, like, Bloodborne to find more bosses that aren't technically in it, but you can fight? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, not an uncommon thing, especially yeah. back then for games to have cut content that's still in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think less on the NES, just because the memory was so... Yeah, you only had so much space little. to things. Yeah, exactly. There's, <laughs> like, not, a, that, not that much space, but, like... Uh, Super Nintendo, there's, uh, stuff like that, and then definitely for sure from the PlayStation era onward, there's just mm-hmm. like, well, we needed to fill the CD-ROM, so we put some junk files on there. <laughs> um, so no enemies on this one level, and then little buggy enemies, and the level's made of, like, weird eyes. It was, quote, my eyes were assaulted by grotesque background of tumorous eyes. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, this is one of the early examples of the NES can't do that type of stuff. Like, come on. But it's fine. I'm willing to be forgiving. It's just like... That's your one suspension of disbelief you're okay with? Yeah, I mean, he goes for the style pretty well enough, but the, um... Mm-hmm. The, the pixel art is just 
Ooh, excuse me. Uh, it was just, like, inconsistent pixel size. It's my same problem I have when an indie game developer um, wants to use a pixel style, but they don't decide on, like, here's the uh, vertical... This, this is the pixel height of the game. This is how many pixels high the screen is, and we're not going to, like, morph or twist beyond that. It's just, like, uh, Shovel Knight does it correctly. They're like, we're mm-hmm. using the same vertical height as the NES. It's only that many pixels high, but we're putting it in widescreen. And then everything is, like, the same size. If you take the graphics from one thing and from another, the pixels are the same physical size. Um, but not so in this artwork. Um, then we get to Mogera again, but it's a different monster. Um, it's some kind of little robot shrimp. I like the designs for the new not monsters. Yeah, they're kind of all over the place, but in an interesting way. Like, there's no sort of style guide that he's following, but they are all interesting. Uh, and he says it resembles a Pascagoula alien. Is that a Godzilla thing? No, this is a actual alien. I had to look this up. It was apparently an alien sighting in, like, the 70s in Pennsylvania, maybe? Mm. But, like, the, the aliens that we're supposedly seeing at that point look kind of like uh, uh, big, tall, wrinkly guys with pokey heads. Oh, yeah. Seeing uh, abducted by aliens near Pascagoula, Mississippi mm. in 1973. Uh, I wish the Wikipedia article had pictures of the aliens, but I'll have to click Google Image <laughs> Search so I can see. Uh, yeah, I guess it looks a little like that. Very slightly. Yeah, this is one of those, like, oh, I know this thing I want to talk about in this creepypasta, but I don't want to actually take the work to design it in here, so I'm just going to mention it in passing. Yeah, it looks, I think, more like some kind of 50s robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, it's based off of a 50s robot originally, so... Oh, perfect. Uh, the the not-Mogera just looks sort of like a, a fish with robot parts on it. Um, the... Then there's some sort of lanky mother brain looking thing that replaces Gazora. Um, it looks like sort of a squid body with a brain and eyeball on top and with two of the tentacles forming uh, legs. Yeah, it's got like ropey arms and legs. Yeah, I, I like the design of this one. I would watch a Godzilla movie that had this monster in it. <laughs> See, I guess going to Godzilla for a little segue, that's what I had hoped the most from these new ones, and that since they're all CGI creatures, you can make ones that, hey, this is not obviously a guy in a suit. Mm. But they didn't really do that a whole lot. There's a couple that are like, all right, that's new and interesting. You could put a human being in this, but they still kind of base it off of like, well, you could maybe put a guy in a suit like this if you had to. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think that they wanted to be beholden to, like, we have to put King Ghidorah in there, we have to put Mothra in there, Yeah, we're not gonna reinvent the wheel, this is yeah. the Pacific Rim. <laughs> we need our heavy hitters in here. Yeah. Um, so then we get Biolanti, um, which I've definitely heard of, but I, again, have little to no Godzilla knowledge. Biolanti is a real Audrey 2 looking bastard. Um, with, like, a big dinosaur mouth, uh, seems to be, it doesn't really move around, um... Yeah, I think in the movie it's a rose crossed with Godzilla DNA. Cool. That rules. Um, (laughs) now, looking at the, uh, NES version, that graphic is pretty good, and then when it turns into its final form, it also looks pretty good. Um, he, he says here, 
the sprite looked pretty damn good for 8-bit. But no, this is one of the ones that actually fit. <laughs> this one fit the style pretty well. I don't know what, yeah. what he's talking about. This is one of the ones where it's, like, consistently made. It looks exactly how it should have to be in this game. Yeah. Good on ya. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, it's more like he's praising his own artwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Biolanti dies, and we get a red mask that replaces the, the teleport out. Um, now, see, I didn't know in the Godzilla uh, uh, mythos that Mothra is a good guy. Yeah, Ma- well, I guess they are periodically bad guys or good guys, depending on who they need to be fighting at the time. Like, there are movies where Mothra will fight Godzilla and Godzilla will fight Rodan, but if, like, Ghidorah shows up, Mothra and Rodan will usually team up with Godzilla to okay. take him down. That makes sense. So- Mothra's pretty much always a good guy. Rodan is so-so, somewhat a good guy, somewhat a bad guy. Okay, but, uh, like, King Ghidorah, Mecha Godzilla, these guys are always evil, right? Yeah, they're they're bad dudes. Okay, cool. Uh, did somebody build Mechagodzilla? Uh, on a race of aliens, I think. Okay, all right. That it might makes depend sense. on which which series you're on. Because some, I think, had a bunch of aliens built them, and then some, the government builds a robot Godzilla to fight a Godzilla. Because I mean, what else would you fight a Godzilla with but a robot Godzilla? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Exactly. Uh, I really like. I didn't see the movie, but I really like that in one of the early 2000s Godzillas, Godzilla fights the American Godzilla, who's made of bad CGI, and he just kicks (laughs) its ass completely. That's fun to me. Yeah, that was uh, Final Wars, which was made by the guy who did Versus and something else new, I think. But it was pretty much just like, ah, we're just going to have kaiju wrestling, yeah. which that's all that people care about. Yeah. It delivers on that in plenty. Yeah, we can get a little kaiju big battle action in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, uh... Now that I live in New York City, I I definitely have the opportunity to see people in Godzilla costumes doing live wrestling shows, but (laughs) I have not taken this opportunity, and it it haunts me to this day. I just had to wake up at 7 in the morning uh, to watch a G4 TV for Kaiju Big Battle back in the day when (laughs) I was still a channel. Uh, Man, that's probably a lot of fun to go see, like, front row. (laughs) Uh, so next we get the red mask level. It says run at the top of the screen. And then, uh, this actually pretty well designed, uh, monster who's sort of, uh, the, the head looks like a little bit like the creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. um, making a, a very sad frowny face with hollow eyes and no teeth or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it has little clawed hands that are held up against it like like T-Rex arms. Its body it looks like a uh, scorpion made of bones with like a long whippy tail. And then it stands on four spider legs, but instead of coming out from the side of it, they come out from underneath of it. Um, that's a cool looking monster. And then it, it chases Godzilla. Um, and he's like, oh, I've not, barely managed to escape it. Because of my uh, dumb luck and an adrenaline boost, it's like you managed to run fast enough, so you managed to hold down right. Yeah, there are several times when he attributes, oh, his own human being physical adrenaline and prowess into the video game character. It's very it's like, weird. oh, because I'm a, a, a triathlon runner, I gotta run this guy, no problem in the game. Yeah, like, that's not how that works. Like you've played this game, you just push right to run, right? 
But that's it. Yeah. You don't do anything special. Okay. Yeah, it's not like uh, track and field or something where you have to tap A and B. Yeah. Uh, so next we're going to move on to Chapter 3, Trance. Um, there's a quiz level in this. So this game apparently has little quiz levels, and they have a little face that reacts to your, your responses to yes or no questions, which he refers to as face. Um so it has 11 normal faces that are different emotions. Uh, neutral, angry, sad, happy, sick, maniacal, surprised, love, annoyed, confused, and guilty slash hurt. And then 12 other faces, which I'm guessing aren't in the original game based on what they look like. Um, I don't even think there's a quiz level in the original game. Uh, really? Hmm. Uh, it, I just might not have got far enough to remember it, but uh, I don't think that's there. Yeah, maybe not. Um, it, it's... Uh, yeah, he says uh, this was when they started appearing, so maybe they're not from the game. That question mark on the map screen is a little uh, questionable. Oh, yeah, he says uh, he saw a question mark, and he was curious as to what it did. So quiz level's not in the original game, then, because he would have known what they did if they were. Um, so he goes to the quiz level. Uh, yeah, the normal emotions are there, and then there's other emotions, uh, that are, like, all weird faces, and one of them's a ninja and a clown, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he answers some questions. Do you like the game? Yes. Are you afraid? Yes. Are you over 18? Yes. Do birds have teeth? No. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He does 12 of these in a row. Um, and says what reaction is, is there, too. Um... Yeah, a lot of them are simple, like, do you like dogs, yes or no? And then we get edgy, like, have you ever killed anybody? Have you ever raped anyone? Like, yeah. all right, game, come on. Uh, the, the guy reading it, on question six, uh, the question is, the, does the moon rotate? And in the story it says, answer yes, reaction, weird face 11. The guy reading it said no. Was he making a, an incorrect correction? The moon does rotate. We see the same. We see the same side of it all the time. Uh, he might have just misread it too. There's a lot of yeah, maybe a lot of issues where that's not how you pronounce that word, or that's not quite what that said there. Yeah, uh, he goes up to this oh, yawning again. <laughs> I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have taken a sleeping pill last night. It always <laughs> makes it hard to wake up. Um. He goes on this green temple level that has all these weird faces. This is pretty well designed. Uh, and we get some skeleton bat enemies, and then not Mogira again. Um, and then the boss, who's supposed to be Varen, but it's not. It is, uh, looks like a turtle shell with, like, dinosaur legs. It's a quadruped, and its head is, a uh, like, duck-billed dinosaur-looking head backwards on top of a long, scaly neck. Hmm. Um, and it fires heat-seeking missiles out of its neck, which is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> then we're supposed to get H Hedora, but um, it's instead some kind of skeleton snake with arms, and it shoots all those skeleton bats. And then uh, he can't go to the teleporter to leave the level. It says there's no monster here, so he has to go fight all of the monsters before he's allowed to leave. Uh, he goes to fight Orga. Um, Orga is from Godzilla 2000, mm -hmm. uh, which I guess, yeah, this is, uh, he's not scary about this one. He's like, whoever created this game hack was clearly a Godzilla fan. Um, and 
there's a lot of detail about the battle and Orga's various abilities. Um, I guess in this movie, uh, Orga eats Godzilla because he's very impressed with, um, he's very impressed <laughs> with how this game implemented, uh, Orga trying to swallow Godzilla and then you shoot the heat beam down its, down its throat and kills it. And you are very unimpressed with all this detail. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, can I, um, read something about something I care about or? <laughs> Nope, no you can't. You still yeah. have so much more of this. Yeah, there's just so much of it. So we yeah. get another chase level. This time there's blocks that Godzilla has to jump over, which makes it not hard. Um, the narrator, who we later learn is named Zack, so I'll refer to him as Zack, says, Not this time, asshole, when he beats the level. And the red creature looks out at this, uh, looks out at him from from the screen, which, uh, that's pretty good. That's effective. Yeah, that's, you know, first glimpse of something this could actually be creepypasty. Yeah. Um, this was, like, solidly an hour into the <laughs> reading, though. Uh, so we get our next part, Dementia. Um, more Godzilla stuff, more questions, um, Questions like weird ones like, can it spin in all directions? Or does it taste good when you bite a woman? <laughs> um, the, uh, it says, would you like a new monster? And he answers yes. And he gets, uh, Angiris. Is this, yeah. is a, this is a Godzilla critter? It is. Quote, the result was mind blowing. And, uh, no one cares about Angiris. Angiris is a terrible monster. It's just, it's just it's super lame. It doesn't really do anything. It spins around. So the fact that this is, our protagonist's favorite monster tells a little something about him. <laughs> it's very funny to me yeah. that, uh, oh, he's, uh, he's an early boy. The second yep. Godzilla movie had Anguirus in it. Um, it, it's, it's very weird because this one doesn't look impressive in the game. Um, it barely looks cooler in the actual Godzilla movies <laughs> now that I'm looking at a picture of it. No, it's, it's pretty dumb. Um, yeah, he curls up into a ball because it's an underwater level, and Garrus has a pretty easy time because he has that Sonic the Hedgehog spin dash. <laughs> uh, then he gets a level that says Unforgiving Cold, and he's going through this, like, blue castle where it's snowing, and there's these screaming faces at the top of it, and that's pretty spooky. Yeah, he described it as a castle dungeon as opposed to... A restaurant dungeon? Any other type of dungeon you might have? I would love a restaurant dungeon. I want a game game to have more stuff like that in it. Um, Then he's supposed to fight Baragon, and Baragon's been replaced by a sort of bipedal creature that is like a dinosaur body with a leg. It looks like it just has one leg. I guess it's so extremely in profile that they didn't draw the other leg on it. Mm. Um... It's got an exposed rib cage, and its head is an elephant skull. Um, and that's pretty spooky. Um, no arms, either. And a very powerful kick. Actually, yeah. I guess if we... Do we see the, the most kick? powerful kick in the game, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Um, which is weird, because we don't see the kick um, at all. Um, oh, we- someone was working on like a playable demo of this, and I don't know what happened with that. <sighs> yeah, that would be fun. Um, I would much prefer to play this in interminable game than to read about it. 
Um, he doesn't when, ice... like your dead girlfriend Melissa. You'd be like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I would want it to do some like Doki Doki Literature Club stuff where it looked up my information from my computer. Uh huh. <laughs> um, oh, so you like playing Symphony of the Night? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, Super Mario Sunshine. It's the GameCube remake. Um, it's uh, so he goes through an ice level. There's a frozen creature. Uh, weird, long, lanky guy with, like, a microphone for a head. Uh, goes underwater, some other bad creatures, some fish monsters. And then, he's so excited about this mini-boss, Maguma, uh, who's a giant walrus kaiju. Um, he says, I know this game had some obscure monsters to begin with, but wow, not that I'm complaining, it's a pretty cool cameo for an unappreciated kaiju. Uh, is Maguma another one who sucks? Uh, I don't know if he's in any of the actual Godzilla movies, but he's just a big walrus guy. Yeah. Show there for a little bit. So if, if a giant walrus is cool, then I he's going to be so. your favorite guy. Um, yeah, he's only in the 1962 film Go Ra- Go Wrath. Yeah. If um, you're the antagonist in Tusk, this is your favorite character. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I can't imagine caring about this walrus. I guess this guy <laughs> loves all of the Toho movies so much. That he just, like, there's nothing more pleasant to him than this. Mm-hmm. It's well, really... this guy, our player, and this guy, whoever wrote this as well. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the uh, original post so that I can, I can date this. Um, but it doesn't seem to, to exist Anywhere. I would bet at least before the second most recent Godzilla American version. So, like, 2014, I uh, think? 2015? There's some comments on the, the wiki version that are 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, oh, there's a whole Godzilla Creepypasta website. Check this out. Oh. Uh, this is where people are adding stuff to the, the fan game version of it. But there doesn't seem to be any details about like about this. When is this from? Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you click on category NES Godzilla creepypasta, it just brings up the thing itself. Yeah. This At this point, point, he goes into a long te- segue of oh, I forgot to mention before, which I heard on some podcast recently. I want to say the Flop House that you don't need to do this. Let's like. Instead of telling us you forgot it, just don't and put it in the parts you're supposed to. Yeah. As they mentioned, the, the Elton John is a little bit funny, but then again, no. Like, you don't need to put that in there. <laughs> you just you fix it originally. You don't have to have that. Yeah, it's... Uh, we, we get this... Um, this long description of this... Fu- that, look, okay, so this seal monster gets three whole screenshots of its own. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? That's got to be just a personal favorite of that guy. I guess. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention before, but the music that played during the boss fights, fights is reused themes. Actually, like why? I don't care. Yeah. He goes all the way back to Titanosaurus and tells me what music was playing <laughs> during it. Um, so he fights Manda, who seems to be a Chinese dragon, um, and then he beats it. I guess, and goes and fights Gigan, but it's not Gigan, it's a little fish. Um, and then, oh no, the fish gets teared apart by 
some Mike Wazowski looking. It looks like <laughs> if someone Mike Wazowski with Freddy Krueger figures. Exactly. It's like if someone online did uh, Monsters Inc. but spooky redesign, mm-hmm. like that. The, all that Pokemon but spooky fan art that you see. Um, he's got like blade fingers and a little blade leg. Uh, can't see his eyes if he has them. Uh, very hard. Very hard to beat. Then he goes on and fights Space Godzilla. Um, tell me about Space Godzilla, please. Um, I want to say they shot some Godzilla DNA through a black hole, and then another black hole opens up and Space Godzilla comes out of that. That's pretty good. I yeah. do like that. Um, I want to see what Space Godzilla looks like in the movie. Oh, yeah, pretty much it's like pretty he does close in the movie. Yeah. Pretty much like he does in the game. It's like a... Blue Godzilla with a, a purple belly and big crystals coming out of its shoulders. Yeah, it's a black, black hole crystals, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Crystals from a uh, black hole, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if I wonder what movies. I'm like, I, I'm looking at images of Space Godzilla, and one of them is a preview from a YouTube video, and the YouTube video video is titled "What if Space Godzilla was real." <laughs> <laughs> There's so many leaps that you have to make before you get there. We're just presupposing that Godzilla is real on this. We don't yeah. even need to bring that up. Godzilla's real, but what if Space Godzilla <laughs> was real? Um, Space Godzilla is a pretty good name for a creature. Um, mm-hmm. All other alternate names, which our author erroneously does not tell us, are Crystal Godzilla and Astro Godzilla, which are both also incredible. Um, those were pre-production nicknames, but they settled on Space Godzilla, which is... You know exactly seeming, what you're getting. Yeah, it seems like the be- la- the worst choice. I like Astro Godzilla way more. <laughs> Though I guess I understand why they wouldn't want to go with that. Oh, uh, Space Godzilla was in the 2014 Godzilla video game as a playable character. That's fun. That was one of the fighting ones, probably. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, the thing you actually want in a Godzilla video game, like <laughs> monsters fighting monsters, not all this bullshit of going through like, oh, I'm going to walk through levels for 45 minutes before I get to a boss. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, um, it's just fighting, um, and, uh, yeah, it has King of Kaiju mode where, where you, you just go fight monsters through different stages. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can fight Jet Jaguar in this one. It's got, uh, Mecha King Ghidorah, Hollywood Godzilla. Oh, is that the American one? <laughs> That's a much more grandiose name. Super it's Mecha like a, Godzilla. A Frank character now. Yeah, I lo- it's when Godzilla did his uh, heel turn in in the in the mid nineties. They called him Hollywood Godzilla after that. Uh, no, it looks like Hollywood Godzilla is actually the twenty fourteen reboot Godzilla. Oh, okay. Um, that's fun. I like that. Um, yeah, I think that they would just not mention the the earlier American ones. Um, I'm going to close all these tabs from the uh, Godzilla wiki. This is too deep a rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. I mean, there's literally, what, 75 years of history behind this? That's not true. 50 years? <laughs> Close. Uh, let's see. 2019 minus 1954. 65 years. So okay. you were close. Um, I could have done that math in my head, but I didn't want to, and I'm standing by that. Um, so we, we get back into, back into the story. Uh, he beats Space Godzilla, who keeps putting crystals down and absorbing stuff from them. Um, 
then he, you know, wins, of course, because he wins every fight. It seems to be like you can go into the fights and then leave the fights and go switch out your monster. Yeah, I didn't remember that, but it seems like you, you play until you either die or you hit a timer, and at that point you can switch out, swap with your whatever secondary monster you have. Yeah. Um, he does the run stage again, this time as Anguirus, uh, in rolling form, because that's apparently faster. Uh, the red monster shapeshifts into a fish body. Uh, it's still bony, it still has little arms, but it's, um, it gets, like, fins, and it's yeah, legs. it's an underwater it's, level as well, which exactly, explains the right. fish. Yeah. It's not just a uh, fish flopping around. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have mentioned that first. Um, and then we get the, the scariest part of it is, uh, like, Xenomorph, um, tongue pops out of it. That is, mm-hmm. like, as long as its body, it's made of, like, twisted black vines, and it has a little grabber and a little mouth on the end of it, and he's trying to grab him. Uh, he beats that, of course, because there's still four chapters left. <laughs> yeah. At the end, he, his character leaps out of the water, and he, quote, I leapt out of the water with all the might I could muster, as if his as if he physical personal prowess yeah. like, stitched with a monster. Uh, if he was on I, the Nintendo, like, jump pad, that would be a different story, but not Yeah, this. he should have specified that he was playing this with, like, a, a DDR dance pad yeah. or something <laughs> on his NES emulator. Uh, so, one, another thing that bothers me that they, he never mentions is talking about the music being played by different instrument sounds. Um, the NES doesn't do that. The NES yeah. had, uh, five tracks. One was noise for drum sounds. It was just like, like literal, like static. Uh, another was, uh, well, there were two square wave tracks for, for leads, uh, and a, um, triangle wave track for bass and then like a sine wave track for counter melody or something. They didn't have instruments. Mm. The instruments was synthesizer. That was it. (laughs) Um, So it's really weird that he keeps mentioning instruments. And then now we finally get into the one that talks about like, he's like, there was a violin instrument. And then later it's like, there were vocals. Like, no, there weren't. That's not, oh, the, sorry. The, the fifth track is a sample track for like voice clips, like in skate or die. Hmm. Uh, Skate or Die has that voice clip of a guy going, Skate or Die. <laughs> um, I guess probably this game would have used that track to get, uh, your, your Screonks and whatnot in there from Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know what other sounds Godzilla monsters make. I just know in Godzilla <laughs> comics, his voice is written out as Screonk, which is fun. That's pretty good. Um, it's like in, um, Doctor Who, the TARDIS sound is written out as Vorp Vorp. V W O R P. Um, I, I love signature sounds, especially for licensed comics. Like, everyone knows Snicked and Thwip, but, uh, Screonk is more of a deep cut, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I know that. Have I ever even read a Godzilla comic? <laughs> he, uh, I think Marvel owned him for a while. Because I think the Avengers fought Godzilla at some point. Yeah, Marvel so did a lot of weird licensed stuff in the 80s. Like, they had Godzilla comics where mm-hmm. it was, like, in the Marvel Universe. And they had Transformers comics where they were also in the Marvel Universe. Um, did they do uh, the Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley comics, too? Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I want to read that, but I know that I don't actually want to read uh-huh. that. Um, we get another quiz level. One of them is, do you like Mothra? And he chooses no. 
And the face says, too bad. And now all of those monsters are taken away except Mothra. Yep. Uh, face had just fucked me over. Face giveth and face taketh away. Yeah, very insane. Um, I really like the, this, this aspect though. I think that this is kind of fun because it's very clear that if he had said yes, the game would have uh, either made him stick with only Mothra mm-hmm. because he likes him so much or just taken Mothra away. Yeah. Um, he does kind of give character a, a person or a face, a personality of sorts. Yeah. It, it, it adds a, an interesting aspect to the game that I wish was more present rather mm-hmm. than all of these detailed descriptions of fighting bosses that aren't, that don't exist in this game. Yeah. Uh, then we get Mothra going through a level made of MS paint trees. Um, this, this is easily the worst looking art that this guy's made so far. <laughs> Uh, there's some pretty cool deer monsters, some sloths, and velociraptors. Uh, then he gets a TV level, and it's just a little animation of a child with a bear mask on licking a lollipop. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty sinister. Give me more of that. Uh, then yeah, he goes all, the, into a, all the little video ones he goes to, I'm like, are these going to play in with anything later on? No, no, nope. they don't. Yep, they are of no consequence, even though some of them are uh, interesting. Uh, then we get Mothra. Oh, the uh, the uh, the barefaced kid was also wearing a shirt that our that Zachary wore as a kid. Too. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. That's the spooky aspect of yeah, that. Yeah, but that's the only really tie-in with any of these. The other ones they have don't really make any sense. Yeah, there's just nothing. <laughs> um, then we get Mothra going through a level full of clocks. That's pretty fun. Uh, he explains this extremely convoluted game mechanic that he totally made up that isn't in the original game. So why are you explaining it? Um, it's not fun for us as the reader to read about how fun of a time you had touching these different colors of hourglass to change how the time worked. Um, I just well, like when he goes through the, the future hourglass and right. the alien in the future show up, he's like, oh, is the game showing me what creatures will look like a thousand years in the future? No, no, it's not. Yeah, this is really weird because it says like he says it this way now whether or not the game was showing me 8-bit renditions of creatures that will actually exist thousands of years into Earth's future I have no idea okay yes you do have an idea idea. (laughs) the idea is obviously it's not because it's a video game why? How? Why? Come on! Like, if there was some indication that these were real in some way, but I don't even know how that, like, how there could be an indication of that because that's not really how the future works. Yeah. Um, if they had looked like I don't know, like maybe like mutated people, that might have been a little spookier. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the future enemies bore a striking resemblance to someone I saw in a something I saw in a book once called Trudon Man. Uh, I didn't Google this because I, I didn't think of it. But so I'm, that is the hypothetical if dinosaurs had evolved into, like, humanoids, what uh, they would look like? I see. So, uh, reptoids from Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it's basically, uh, oh, here's all the lizard people that Alex Jones is going on about. Okay, I see. So the, the Trudon Man, I don't know what book this guy was reading. Um, but yeah, I guess that does look like a Trudon Man there, that green, that green boy. Mm-hmm. Um, then he fights something that looks like a creature from Hellboy. Um, it's like a red humanoid with long knife arms and these angular wings. 
and a mask that is just yellow, and it's like covers the top of the head and comes to a point below the chin. Yeah, so I think that sprite is based off of one of the enemies in Symphony of the Night. Mm, and it's very much sense. set up. So there's like a guy on a. I'm trying to think. It's one of the bosses. Can summon him, I think, in the library of the right side of Castle. Look at me going deep cuts into Symphony of the Night. I should write a dumb creepypasta about that. Library, uh, Symphony of the Night boss summon. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, images. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, is that it? Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, it looks a little like, uh, mm. there's, I'm seeing Lesser Demon. Yeah, that's not that, right. Uh, it looks a little like Lesser Demon, who has, um, goat legs and, uh, bat wings. And, yeah, it's got the same vague shape as this. And the, the most telling similarity, I think, is the fact that it doesn't really have a face. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it's probably mostly the red and gold color scheme that's making me think Hellboy and yeah. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy specifically. Um, it, it's it's a decent design, but at this point, I don't need decent designs. I need the story to be over. <laughs> um, then he goes to a toxic toxic waste dump level, and there's a bunch of like bird bird headed mummies popping out of the toxic waste. They're a pretty cool design. He sees one of the deers from the forest level eating toxic waste, and it gets chased to its death by some skull bats, different skull bats, and then a sort of goopy snake with a, a whale skull for a head fights him. He beats it. Goes to uh, another uh, forest level recolored for the winter. He sees all the deer creatures covered in snow and dead, and then he sees some kind of snow ape, and some velociraptors come and kill it. Um, and then he finishes that level and goes to a very empty grassy plain with a bright gray moon in the sky. Pleasant music of Winter Forest Part 1 had returned. And immediately I started to feel dread. This is going to sound crazy, but it's the absolute truth. The game made this level from one of my memories. What are you talking about? And you would think that he might, you know, right now explain what exactly that was. But no, we what, have to wait 20 more minutes till we get that explanation. Yeah, like, what memory, what details about this plain green stage with the moon makes you think that? Mm-hmm. Uh, then there, the, like, the fact that he immediately continues on to, and then I approach a lake, and the moon comes down from the sky and cracks in half and a little person falls out of it. I'm like, what memories did you have? It's <laughs> a pretty awesome memory right there. <laughs> The little person falls into the lake, and then another uh, creature comes out. It's got, like, little spider legs for hands. Um, and a big... It looks like something out of Axiom Verge. Um, he calls it the Moon Beast. Okay, he beats it. And then after he beats the Moon Beast... Whew, sleepy, sleepy noises. After he beats the Moon Beast, we get our first indication of anything spooky in the entire story. That's not true. The look, uh, red looking at the screen was kind of scary. Yeah. So it's oh, by s- the way, that thing's called a red, which is a yeah. cool name for a super demon thing. Yeah. Uh, so then it says Melissa on the screen in red, and then uh, kill yourself on the screen in red, and then kill all over the screen, and it fills up the screen, and then red's face shows up. Uh, chapter five, part two, entropy, part two. Um, we have another. Uh, TV screen level. It's like a little, a little fish man, like a deep one going blah, 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 blah. 
uh, just like sticking his tongue out over and over. And we get a maze level that he has to play through as Mothra. This is one of the sprite scaling things where Mothra is half size. Like, no, no that's not uh, how it before works. we get to all this, there is a segue of he the screen goes blank and he explains what happened for that memory. Oh right, yeah, goes, yeah. I've been trying to keep my promise and suppress this memory for years, but it seems as if I have to get this off my chest. This is a very painful memory for me, but the game already knows about it, and I think I should too. I think you should too. I'll just tell you the important parts because I don't like bringing this experience back into my head unless I have to. And the experience was he had a girlfriend in high school, and I guess they were hanging out in this field one day, and she had some mental problems. And then she jumps up once, her face goes entirely slack, and she runs out of traffic and gets killed by a truck. The end. Yeah, it's it's very, like, anticlimactic, almost. Yeah. Uh, so the game continues. Mothra goes into some sort of spooky night level. There's these little creatures with, like, mold heads, and they're all different colors, and they all go running off a cliff. Um, Mothra continues to fly through the level very easily. It's not hard. Some birds start to eat those creatures. Another type of monster starts to eat those creatures. He defends it. Then he has to fight Batra. Um... Batra looks to be some kind of millipede kaiju. Yeah, I think it's like a the stage one of an evil Mothra. That might Makes be a different guy. Uh, I don't no, know. Whatever, I, you know. I scrolled down and yeah, it looks like evil Mothra. He mm-hmm. says fighting fighting Imago Batra is much like fighting a clone Mothra. Um, yeah, it, uh, dumb. Don't care. Uh, he beats it. Then he fights Megalon. Um, who has Gigant's theme. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Megalon apparently only has one film appearance where he's Gigant's battle partner. Yeah. Um, so he beats Megalon also. It takes forever to describe this. Then he goes to another TV screen, and it's a uh, uh, like executioner guy with a big hammer uh, next to a lady who's strapped to a table, and it's just three frames of him uh, well, four frames. Neutral, lifting the hammer in two frames, and smashing the lady's face in the last frame. Um, and the, the music was the password theme, as if us, the audience, should know that. Or it matters, um, or we care. Yeah, exactly. None of those are the case. Uh, another maze level, this time the lights are turned out and it's too dark to see, but when he adjusts the, the light later, he sees that there's a bunch of velociraptors that were, like, invisible. Um, Okay, cool, I guess. The only way you can stop him is if there are statues of a lady who we are to take is Melissa. Yeah. The only way Uh, to stop. uh, It's weird and stupid, and there's no drama or stakes at all. Uh, You could just turn the game off and throw it in the garbage can and we'd be safe. Oh, but he could never know what would happen. Yeah, I think would haunt him for the rest of his days. I think that this could be fixed with cutting out a lot of the earlier chapters Mm -hmm. uh, or having the spookiness start earlier instead of having all of this description of playing this weird ROM hack that doesn't exist. Yeah, like literally if you played the game up until the last level and the last level was weird... That would have you your stakes as well. Like, oh, I don't want to stop playing because I'm almost beating it and I spent all this time doing it and I don't need to tell you about the other four hours I played earlier. Yeah, just have, like, the last world be all of the spooky things mm-hmm. instead of, like, the normal weird game hack or glitch things and then they're sprinkled throughout a full play of the game. Just be like, I played Godzilla and when I got to the last, like, stage, a bunch of weird stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Two chapters and you're out. Um, so 
he goes and fights Mechagodzilla, who starts out as Godzilla, then transforms into Mechagodzilla, and then glitches out and turns into a quadrupedal robot with a human face that shoots laser beams. It's a pretty cool design. Then the run level is another maze, uh, and this time Red has wings, um, shape-shifted again, um, and is uses its tongue to, like, destroy the walls so it can go through walls and get you easier. He, of course, escapes um, and goes to Extus, the second-to-last world. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mothra and Godzilla are both back, and Geras is not for this world. Um, We get another... The the quiz levels continue to get really weird. Um, Do you feel blame? Would you like a new monster? Will you miss me? Um, And then we get a new monster... And this new monster is the best part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the new monster's name is Solomon. Um, and he does a level called Find the Gem with Solomon. Solomon is a bipedal dark blue creature with a bat arm. He's basically like a bipedal bat. He's got like a smiling bat face and wings on his bat arms. Um, he rules. He goes through this whole level. He finds this gem... The graphics are, like, pretty accurate to Solomon. Solomon's not actually from any uh, Godzilla movies or anything. He's made up just for this. Yeah. And we get my my favorite thing of the whole thing. Oh, mine as well. The most believable part, because this absolutely looks like it could be from an <laughs> NES game from 1988. Uh, it's a close-up portrait of Solomon, like, Street Fighter windscreen style. Um, and underneath it says, still the best, 1973. <laughs> That's in Solomon's yearbook. It's so good. There's no explanation from the game or the author as to why this happens. But every time you beat a level or boss with Solomon, you get still the best, 1973. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want this on a t-shirt. I mean, you um, could probably easily make that, right? Yeah, I already found it for purchase. Oh, I already Googled Solomon's <laughs> 1973 t-shirt. Um, somebody put Solomon into, like, a fan-made kaiju fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, they put Solomon and Red in there um, from from this creepypasta, because I guess this is probably popular with people who are, who are very into uh, the kaiju fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a desert level with some pyramids. Godzilla goes through that. I don't care. Give me back Solomon. Give me my boy Solomon. <laughs> um, I just gets, love that he has, like, the name of an old Jewish man, too. Yeah, it's like... It's like not even trying to be spooky or creepy or anything monster-related. It's like, oh, you know, it's Solomon. No biggie. We're just going to give him a Bible name instead of anything, like, Japanese yeah. or kai- kaiju-esque. Uh, I guess Solomon would actually be pretty easy to write in in katakana, so that wouldn't be that wouldn't be too hard to be believable as a Godzilla monster. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another TV screen animation. This time it's a bikini lady with an eagle for a head. Um, then we get a level that looks like it's straight out of Rampage. Um, Godzilla walking through a city, getting attacked by tanks and planes, and helicopters and cars, and having to knock down buildings. That's pretty fun. It shows up very late in the game when uh, when Godzilla's supposed to be, like, on Pluto or Neptune <laughs> or something. Um, then we get a robot level that Solomon goes through. He kills all the robots pretty good. He goes up an elevator that's labeled Lift, and he absolutely fills that thing. It's ridiculous. Um, then a pink temple as Godzilla, and then Gorosaurus, 
Um, he fights Gorosaurus as Solomon, and it's a fight that ends easily. And the guy's really excited that Gorosaurus uses his, quote, kangaroo kick. Okay. That must be the second most powerful kick in the game after that other boss. <sighs> I guess. I mean, I can't believe we're still this late in this and we're getting these, like, Godzilla, Godzilla lore deep cuts. Oh, and I still um, got four more pages of notes. God damn it. Um, so he used Godzilla to fight Kumonga just for variety. Um, and Kumonga's a spider kaiju and he beats it. Uh, another TV screen, this time it's, uh, humanoid figure wearing a suit, but instead of a neck and a head, it's a water faucet that is turning on and off with water pouring out of the faucet. Uh, then we fight the replacement Gazora again, the replacement Mogira again, the repla- uh, he fights all the replacement Yeah, it's a real boss again. rush. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, and then he gets to Ghidora, who's a Dorat, who I guess is a little tiny kaiju from the Godzilla franchise. Yeah, they are genetically engineered pets from the 23rd century. Okay, cool. Once I stopped laughing, I destroyed him <laughs> with only two slashes. Okay, it's weird that you'd be laughing at this point. Uh, then he fights a creature called Chimera, who's made of all different body parts from all of the uh, replacement bosses. And that's a pretty cool idea and design if you're doing a fake ROM hack and you're mm-hmm. not trying to write an entertaining horror story. Uh, which I assume this person was trying to write an entertaining horror story, uh, despite their lack of success. <laughs> um, one thing that's interesting about this is the creature, this chimera has different left and right arms, and the uh, author went to the pains of when he flipped it so that it was facing to the right instead of to the left, actually correctly drawing in the different left and right arms. So, uh, I don't know why you went to that much effort, but good job, I guess. <sighs> he, he, he kills Chimera using a combination of all of his creatures. Um, and then we get the warp, the warp tile is a cross. And he tries to go on as Solomon. It says Solomon can't enter here. Um, but he goes with Godzilla, and it's a graveyard. And then he comes across this blue humanoid figure. Um, it's The music is an 8-bit rendition of Prayer for Peace from the first Godzilla f- film. A very sad, powerful song, even in this form. Uh, so tell me, as a Godzilla fan, do you recognize that song by title alone? Uh, not by title, but I recognize it after hearing it. Because the, the soundtrack to the first Godzilla movie is really good. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so he stays here, and he says it makes him feel feel happy that this blue silver angel is here. And then uh, Red shows up, who in this at this point he calls the Hell Beast, like capital letters. Um, and it says run, and then the the Hell Beast attacks this blue creature and eats it. <laughs> uh, and he runs, um, but then he says. Uh, you're going to pay, and the red's eyes glow, and then he looks at the screen and opens his mouth. Yeah, Zachary in real life is incensed that the Hell Beast would eat this lovely angel statue as well. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and nothing could have prepared me for the horrors of the final world, Zenith. Now, do you think the person who wrote this thought Zenith meant last as opposed to top, which is why he went with Zenith rather than Nadir, which would be much more fitting for a hell level? Uh, probably. Um, 
I, I think that Zenith sort of got conflated as the end because you typically think of a mountain climb as being over at the, yeah. at the Zenith. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't been reading too much into why he chose any of the titles because I don't think that this author considered very much except how many Godzilla deep cuts he could get into this thing. He's a checklist of Godzilla things he has to put in there, and he's almost exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and he got through all of it. He has all his creatures back, Solomon and Giras, Mothra, Godzilla. Um, I don't like to discuss this part, and it still bothers me very much, but it's something I have to do so I can put it behind me. People deserve to know. Do people yeah. really deserve to know? Yeah, it's really weird, because um, he has all these screenshots that he posted of it, too, and it's like, he really didn't want to discuss it that much. We don't... <laughs> Like, it's not like a computer virus infected every Godzilla monster of monsters cart in the world. It's like, no, it's just your one. Mm-hmm. Just, like, take it out and drill a hole in it, and then everything's safe. Um, and as as terrified as he claims to be through all of this, he still has time to, you know, slap the uh, take screenshot button on his computer every time he wants to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one point, it's like not feasible that he would be able to do that for story reasons. He's, like, paralyzed by the magic of the game or whatever. But it mm-hmm. still took screenshots on its own, so, like... Yeah, he mentions the computer possessed at that point to take the screenshots. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, this level is guarded by Destroya and Ghidorah. Um, the quiz level just says, get out, and starts glitching out, and face is bleeding from the eyes and mouth, so he leaves. Um, he gets a new monster, and when he tries to pick it, it says no. Uh, and moves it away so that he can't choose it. Uh, he goes to a TV screen that's just got, like, a burnt body in front of, uh, like, laying down on the ground in front of, like, a fiery lava background. Okay. Uh, Godzilla goes through another temple level with the screaming faces. Uh, this time it's all red and dark. The eyes start glowing and those raptors come out. He blasts them all off the edge into a bottomless pit. There's some spider creatures. He comes across statues of red and a creature he doesn't recognize. If you think that creature he doesn't recognize is going to show up later, you're wrong, I think. I don't, I'm no, sure it does not. I was like, oh, what's this thing going to be? That's going to be a twist. And the twist yeah. was that there wasn't a twist. There's a lot of... We start getting real loosey-goosey with the rules towards towards the very end. And I was pretty sure that creature didn't show up, but also a lot of creatures show up. <laughs> uh, in any case, that creature is not important, but uh, you if we both remember it not showing up, then I guess it doesn't show up. Yeah. Uh, there's a vertical platforming level, which sucks. And then that blue angel is back, but this time it's red and black, and it has a skull face. And he has to fight it alongside some other creatures, and he barely wins. Um, but my luck had not run out yet. Just when I thought it was over, I struck the red angel one more time, and it turned out that one last hit was all it could take. But you literally okay. have a bar that tells you how much more it can take. Uh, no, this boss doesn't have a power uh, life bar. Oh, no? Oh. No, uh, I guess the mini-bosses don't, hmm. um, and this was technically a mini-boss. Um, then he gets a Mothra level, and it's all glitched out, and he goes through it. And there's some headless Rodans in there. Um, no, sorry, headless Gigans. Um, some, some like, Biolante-headed creatures that are not Biolantes. Uh, a lot of mishmashes. 
Then a, like, big glitchy mishmash of weird random monster parts. He beats that, too. He has to shoot it in the head a bunch. Just want to get done with this story. <laughs> um, he's we're trying so close. to, like... Yeah, we're so close. He's trying to, like, interpret the icons, and it doesn't matter. And then he, as Angiris, he goes to some, like, vine spike level and fights some mouth bats and goes under the blood lake, and there's some, like, floating corpses, but then they come to life and try to drag him down. There's a lot of really cool one-off monster designs here at the end, but, like, they don't mean anything. They're not that scary, because I've been reading it forever. Then the screen shows up that says, Mother... And he says, the screen was only up for about 30 seconds. <laughs> Excuse me? That's for goddamn ever in video game time. That's enough time that I would, like, go get a drink from the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, then one of the, like, only sort of genuinely upsetting pieces of imagery in the whole thing is he encounters a humanoid figure with a, like, bloated belly that's uh, hanging, uh, like hanging around its neck with a with a, a spine going up off the screen. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty spooky. Uh, but then it like splits open, and the thing that bursts out of it is actually not that scary. It looks like a bat with a clown yeah, head. Exactly. <laughs> um, so like, you really undercut your own drama there. He fights the bat with the clown head. He beats it. Of course. Then he goes to the fleshy level as Godzilla. He fights some fleshy dogs. These are kind of spooky looking because they uh, are like PlayStation 1 level of detail, I would say. Yeah, they're almost like FMV video quality. Yeah, I like that. Um, they Yeah, they, they have that very FMV Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. style. Like someone took a photo of something and put it into this game. Uh, and I, I like that. I think that's scary. If the whole game had, if the whole story had been a game that looked like this, I'd be scared by it. Yeah, like I think Zenith is a really cool level design for all of them. It's just we had to put up with another two hours and fifteen minutes of stuff before we got there that I just yeah. so ignore. I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's just skip to the good stuff. Like get get to the part that the audience is going to care about. But I guess because he was so dedicated to writing this in the form of a, of a let's play, he, he just really wanted to stick to that for some reason. Mm-hmm. I like the Zenith boss here. It looks like someone made a like, shadow puppet with their hand, and then that shadow puppet became real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, a tube, uh, like an basically like an arm, but where the hand would be, it's got a um, uh, like dog skull. Um, and that's pretty cool. It floats around the level, goes through the level geometry. Um, One last level to go, and he enters this level as Solomon, and it's got photorealistic fire in the background, and, like, Super Nintendo to PlayStation era. He says, This last level was definitely the peak of disconnect between what the NES was graphically capable of and what this game could create. (laughs) It's like, no, it's not. You just fought, like, (laughs) photographs in the the previous level. Um, So there's some sort of evil centaur with a whip here. Uh, a bunch of them. He kills them. They can't jump. So he kills them pretty easily. He goes through the level, fights a bunch more sort of cool-looking monsters, and this giant bipedal thing looking like it's straight out of Doom shows up. Uh, it's got, like, a skeletal face, but a big, beefy, like, gorilla body and, like, a gray hair on its back. And he keeps getting 
blasted, but he kills it. Then he goes and fights King Ghidorah. Um, is King Ghidorah in the, the Godzilla canon, uh, a particularly big boss? This is like the main Godzilla yeah, he's antagonist. Like the, uh, the big bad guy. Okay. Um, and I, I imagine probably recurs quite a bit in the Godzilla films. Oh, many, many films. times. Okay. So it makes sense that this guy is one of the final bosses. I think that's good. Um, but when Godzilla blasts one of the heads, it disintegrates and then gets all glitchy, and then King Ghidorah becomes Mecha King Ghidorah. Uh, is that a real one? Yep. Okay. And King Ghidorah's really... an alien, and then he gets killed, and so the aliens bring him back. Mm. Part meaty, part metal Right, so he's got metal wings and one metal head, um, and some, like, metal parts on his legs and tails. Um, he beats it. He goes and fights Destroya, who's like a little bean, and then, like, the aggregate form. I don't know what that means. Uh, Destroya turns into a bunch of different creatures, eventually becomes the full thing. Um, who looks awesome. He looks like a heavy metal version of Godzilla. It's a good description, yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, bat wings and extra claws and, like, rippling muscles and spikes all over. He's pretty cool looking. If Godzilla was the lead in a Guar concert, this is the costume he put on. Yeah, exactly. It's like like if they wanted the rights to Godzilla for Guar, but they couldn't quite get it. Um, yeah, he's. I'm looking at a, a real picture of him. Not only is this a pretty good representation in this creepypasta, but this is a really cool-looking monster. Um, he's got like a, a sort of toothy sphincter in the center of his chest, which I imagine it probably expels beams of some kind. <laughs> um... Yeah, I guess if I click back over, I'm going to see him use a chest beam. Uh, no, I see Godzilla punch him in the chest hole, and he explodes. Okay, cool. Um, then it says, um, he goes out to the last level, and um, it's a blank screen, and then the red glowing eyes show up, and he has to fight Red. And this is supposed to be very dramatic, because Red can kill you with one hit. Yep, the moment we've but, been waiting for this past two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, he fights Red, he has a hard time, he tries to get up and leave, um, and it pops up on the screen and says, you are not leaving, you pathetic worm, it's too late now. Uh, well, he starts apologizing, and it says, you pathetic worm, it's too late now. Yeah, I like how he just instantly caves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only one will survive. Um, so he has to be the best in the world at Godzilla Monster of Monsters, or he's going to get killed by the video game. If you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> um, he fights. He he does this uh, 100% no-hits speedrun, and he fights Red, and um, he starts to feel the hits on his real body. That's cool. That's a spooky thing. Mm. Uh, then he gets blasted with fire, and the fire makes a face, and that face looks pretty cool. And he says it feels like he got burned up. And he screamed so loud that someone else in the apartment should have heard me, but they didn't. I feel like we got this in that other creepypasta, where it's the kid who plays the video game, and he gets like whipped in the game, and then he gets whipped in real life because of it. Yeah, it's... It's like... It's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. There, there was just no precedent in this story for it. But yeah, like, other creepypastas have done it better. Um, like, that, what was that? That was a, it was a take on the, the Milgram experiment. Yeah, I think so. Uh, is that, is the Milgram experiment is the one where you push the button to make someone feel pain, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Um, like earlier so, in this, he mentions that he gets killed by Red, and he doesn't die in real life. Then. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of his monsters get get killed. Um, Godzilla goes down. Um, I guess he leaves, and and Garrus uh, comes back. As he says, if you're going to cheat, then why do you even let me use the controller? And Red responds, can't break the rules. What? What rules? Yeah. And also, he clearly can break the rules. Because, like, he added all these monsters to the game, and he's not letting the person move. Um, so he um, kills Angiris. Uh Mothra gets eaten by Red. That's pretty fun. But that doesn't um, correspond to him feeling as though he's being eaten in real life. Uh, he said he felt an agonizing pain like being crushed to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it says it was a short transition from the battle to the board, but it felt like an hour. Okay, so like you would be not able to continue playing the video game if it actually felt like yeah. you were being eaten by a monster, I think. Uh, he just got lit on fire, and now he's being crushed. No big yeah. Um... So, Solomon obviously brings it back, and he gets Red Red displays some dialogue clearly directed at Solomon and not at the player. Traitor, I always hated you. You can die like the rest. And then in blue text, the response from Solomon, I'd rather die than serve you. Yeah, still the best 1973. <laughs> um, he blasts Solomon. Uh, he gets some new bat wings. Solomon takes some good chunks out of his health. There's so many screenshots here. That's the most miraculous part. Uh, he seems to have won, but Red is there melting, and then his eyes glow, and they're transported to another level, and Red shows up, but, like, enormous, filling up. He's, like, three times the height of, of Solomon. He's a big dinosaur and, thing, and he's got a million more hit points than before. Yeah. Instead of one life bar, now he has four, and all of them are, like, longer than the normal life bar. Um, I'm not done with you, he says, and we get another part, uh, finale part two. Um, so Solomon gets blasted with fire. We get actually different faces in the fire this time, and it still looks really cool. Uh, this person, I think, is a much more talented pixel artist than they are writer. Um... Solomon gets crushed to death, uh, and we say, You're mon- you are weak, your monsters are weak, you will all die. Um, and then Angiris gets uh, melted with heat beams, um, and then it says, You can't win, Zachary. Uh, and Zach responds, How did you know my name? He says, I've known you for a long time. I'll tell you a secret. I killed Melissa. What does that mean? Uh, the author tells us for years she was being tortured by something nobody understood. Now I knew what it was. That's pretty insulting to be like, "Mm, yeah, my high school girlfriend's depression was actually a monster from a video game. Yep. Her mental illness was just the Godzilla cartridge. Uh, yeah, that's, I would say, um, at best, wildly insensitive. (laughs) Um, and at worst, deeply insulting. Um, send your last monster, I will end this futile struggle. Um, so the fifth monster he forgot about. He sends Godzilla, of course. Godzilla gets blasted away, gets eaten. Red looks at the screen. He, it says game over, but, um, 
it's not game over for some reason. Yeah, we've got Chekhov's monster to deal with. Yeah. (laughs) The Blue Angel comes back and says, Zach, we don't have much time. And he says, who are you? And says, you already know me. I am Melissa. Yep. Surprising nobody. Yeah, a big shock. How is that possible? Red told me he killed you. It's true. Even after death, he tortures me. You cannot stop him. He'll do the same to you. Why? Why does any of this happen? That's not what the author says uh, miraculously. Uh, He should have been like, why is this happening? We get a lot of, don't give up. I love you. I want to help you. And then the fifth monster, Acacius the Golden Light, who enters and looks a little like, um, did you see Alien Covenant? Yeah. You remember the the Neomorph, the sort of white pale Xenomorph from that one? Yeah, it's not like those. Yeah, it looks a little like those with uh, some curly angel wings on its back. Says they can't. Red says they can't save you, but Acacius, of course, wins the day very easily with his blade arms. It's a lot of screenshots about it. Red melts. Then um, Acacius gets pulled back to that graveyard level, um, and Melissa's there, and all the monsters are brought back to life and face too. Oh, oh and he. He cries, tears of joy, you saved us, we are forever grateful. We'll be together again someday. Toho Company Limited that guy never has another meaningful relationship in his life. God, it's so crazy. Toho Company Limited presents Godzilla Monster of Monsters 1988. Why did any of this happen? Uh, who can say? Yeah. Uh, then we get a little epilogue explaining, like... What was asking all the questions? What was read? What was Melissa really in the game? What am I doing with the cartridge? My computer conveniently took all these screenshots. Um, yeah, he put the and, game and the Nintendo in separate sock drawers, which oh, real one percent guy here have two separate sock drawers. Oh wow, incredible! Uh, one thing that's weird is, or I guess reasonable is, instead of destroying the cartridge, he keeps it because he's like, what if Melissa's soul is on it? How did the soul get in there from the car accident? Yeah, he, the like weird, really, really weird, gruesome thing is he mentions how he looked into her eyes as the truck's tire like ran over her head. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, that's too much. <laughs> um, so, what are your thoughts and feelings on this ridiculously long story? Oh, well, we even got to about the very end where he decides he can't destroy it, so he's going to sell this game on eBay. Yeah, that's like the worst possible. Like, what? I didn't even. Why would you do that? Why are you like just keep it? Why would you subject someone else to it? It's not like the ring video where you have to make someone else play it. So if someone else plays it and like they get to the red scene and red looks out of the screen, it's like, oh, you're not Zachary. Uh, sorry, I'll go away now. Go back to playing your regular game. Hey, can you um like I don't know put this game in the. Uh, the home of maybe, like, one of your loved ones so I could haunt them. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, here's Zachary's address. Can you please mail this back in? It's... Yeah, I, I wish that Red was a more likable character. Uh, give me give me more of a, um... Give me more of a Chucky vibe to this. Uh-huh. If you're gonna give me a haunted video game that messes with kids, have it have, like, an attitude. He's not edgy want... enough. Yeah, he's not fun. He's just like, I'm so evil, I'm gonna make you play the video game. There's no fun aspect to Red at all. Do you want to play a game? (laughs) Yeah, I wish that was it. Um, So how did you feel about this story? Uh, The story was bad pretty much top to bottom. 
Yeah, it took us an hour and a half to even summarize oh, it. Oh, boy. No, like, you uh, could probably take out 90% of this and cut it down to something shorter and more interesting. But there's just so much in here that's like, maybe this means something. Nope, we're never going to mention this again. Like, when the the, the hung mother, that the thing bursts out of her stomach, like, oh, is, is there going to be some sort of mother issues coming up with there? Or, no, it's just creepy as with a mom in it. That's it. Yeah. Solomon, like to yeah, know more really about weird. him. Seemed like he your red had a backstory. Nope, don't get to hear any more about that. Yeah, it, it just, like, doesn't happen for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, like, literally like, everything is the, the same. So every new planet he goes to, we get, oh, I'm going to talk about how all the monsters are different, how all the levels are different, how all the music's different, how the moves are different. Yeah, have that seven times yeah. in a row. Yeah, it's, it's, like, the stuff that we would be interested in as an audience is what's up with all of these random weird creatures, mm-hmm. not how do you play the game Godzilla Monster <laughs> of Monsters. Um, so the, the, I, I just found a little tidbit here. The video game that, uh, Solomon and Red were supposed to appear, appear in, uh, didn't actually get developed. It was called Colossal Kaiju Combat and was being developed by Sunstone Games, oh. featuring all, uh, fan-made, um, fan-made, uh, kaijus, which, which is fun. Um, the, the, um, the the game got canceled. The card there was a card game got canceled in 2017, um, and the Kaiju, Kaiju Land Battles was released on um, Steam Early Access and seems to have never uh, gotten past the alpha stage. Um, Colossal Kaiju Combat Kaiju Land Battles currently costs five dollars on Steam. It's a lot um, of alliteration. Yeah, <laughs> currently costs. Uh, I, it came out five years ago, and it does not seem to have, uh, it does not seem like it's ever going to exit early access, so... <laughs> oh, they did a, they did a Kickstarter, and never went further than that. Okay. Did they promise an alpha release only? Uh, maybe. I bet Sometimes, Patreon, you can donate some money, too, if you want to. Yeah, maybe. There are some, uh, like, there was a Pathfinder video game where they were like, we are kickstarting, creating a demo to pitch this game to publishers. Like, um, okay, what do we, the backers, get? Access to that demo? Yeah, that's about it. That seems bad. Um... Anyway, uh, do you have a spookiest part about this story? Uh, the length is certainly terrifying when you take that into account. Oh my god, yes, absolutely that. But I think the the organic zenith level where all like the FMV guys start showing up—that's pretty. Those are pretty spooky images. Yeah, I in general like the idea of a haunted video game cartridge, and I thought this one was executed poorly. But the the concept is still pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely... There is more to mine in this here mine, but not yeah. with this story. Like, well, why yeah, there a demon in a, in a Godzilla game that killed his girlfriend 20 years ago? We didn't... Yeah, we didn't introduce any stakes until long after... Ugh, until long after the point at which we needed stakes to be introduced, mm-hmm. so it's very bizarre. Yeah, this demon who can kill people in real life without the aid of a video game, why doesn't he just do that? Instead of yeah. making a video game to be a... Because <laughs> uh, of the rules, which we never yeah. learn about. So it seems he can break. Anyway, so what's what's yeah. what's the point? What is the point? That's the question for this. 
Yeah, the biggest thing about this is why did this person make this? What are they doing? <laughs> um, I think that the spookiest part for, for me is some of the creature designs, the like original designs. I think are pretty good. I I think if I saw them in an actual Godzilla movie, I'd be like, whoa, that is way totally uh, out of place Uh in this Godzilla movie. It's too scary. Um, Do we have anything else to say about uh, NES Godzilla before we move on to plugs and wrap this episode up? Uh, No, I think we've said everything that needs to be said about this. We spent an hour and a half on it. That's, That's plenty. All right. Tell tell the audience where they can find you and uh, what what projects you have in 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 the works. Uh, you can find me at nachronomics.com, where I write about nachos for all your nacho needs. Or you can listen to my podcast, The Horror of Nachos and Hamantashen, where I talk horror movies, horror TV shows, anything horror related, with my friend and author J.R. Hamantashen. Excellent. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Snapchat and Instagram, Jeff JK. You can go to mastodon.cloud slash at JK, and that'll be me there. Uh, you can go to weaponizedlanguage.com and subscribe to Hack the Net. If you're in the subset of people who just like to hear me talk uh, with other people about whatever, um, that is where I will be doing that, because that show's not ending. I'd make that with past guests, Matt and Louisa Heron. Um, and we talk about random fandom wikis, uh, random fandom, that's fun. <laughs> um, and this show will go away. That show will continue. Keep this show in your feed, though, because I'm going to drop some of the Patreon stuff into the feed later. And uh, every once in a while, I'll probably drop in a little, a little treat there. So the show will end, but it will uh, it will end doing full episodes. But it uh, does not necessarily mean that the feed will never, ever be updated again. Ooh, it's like a haunted feed. Yeah, it's a haunted feed. Um, so that's uh, that's it for this one, I think. And I really wanted to do uh, a fun ending line, but I just don't have one. So I mean, the end is I'm not literally. Oh, what do I got here? But to the new owner of this game, remember this: be careful. And if you at all feel like the game is literally messing with your mind, shut the damn thing off. Thank you.